Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of Stick of Pork in it. I am so excited. We're via Zoom because we have a friend of ours from the other side of the country who came to visit us. And this partnership um, and friendship is so important to me uh, because I'm such an animal lover. As you can tell, Dahlia is hanging out with us today. Melissa, I'm so sorry, Melissa Pratt from Pet. Smart Charities has joined us. Melissa, welcome to Stick a Fork in It. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here all the way from Phoenix, Arizona. So hello, everyone on the East Coast and the Midwest and on the West Coast. Um, I'm so happy to be here and I can't wait to talk a little bit more about our partnership with Feeding America uh, that trickles down to the local level and to organizations like Feeding Tam Tampa Bay. Absolutely. So tell us, so you're all the way over in Phoenix. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, you and I met during the pandemic, of course. So tell us about you. You live in Phoenix, um, your pets. Who are you? Who's Melissa? <laughs> hmm, how much time do you know? Um, so all that we want. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Notes version. Uh, I grew up in the Midwest. I am a rock chalk Jayhawk. For those of you who may not know what that means, I grew up in this great state of Kansas. I actually did go to the University of Kansas. So I am a true and tried and true Jayhawker. Uh, I spent a little time out on the East Coast. I lived in New Jersey, go Garden State Parkway. And I moved to Phoenix to the Wild West about 18 years ago. Uh, I put down roots in the desert, but I'm still a Kansas girl at heart. And I have had a love and a passion for working with nonprofit. And pretty much out of college, I worked a little bit within the banking industry, uh, decided that finance was not really my thing, but I had always volunteered with nonprofit organizations. So whether it was through Catholic Charities um, or uh, the Boys and Girls Club, and actually my first job uh, in nonprofit was to the Boys and Girls Club of South Central Kansas. Uh, and then I've worked with United Way. Uh, I worked for the largest nonprofit in the country, which is the U.S. government. I worked for the Air Force as a marketing coordinator very early on in my career. And that just sort of set the tone for my tenure as a nonprofit person. It's one of those things that we talk about in the nonprofit field. It's like either you drink the Kool-Aid or you don't. <laughs> And that's okay, takes all kinds. I drank the Kool-Aid and I'm still drinking it. Gosh, I'm gonna date myself. So 20 plus years later, I started when I'm I was two. <laughs> I started when I was two. Me too, I was with you there. <laughs> so who, and, who inspired you? Do you have, or is it just a path that you kind of traveled down on your own? You know, those of us who are in nonprofit, whether, was it a family member who, kind of led you in that direction? Was it something that crossed your path in college? How did you get into nonprofit? I have always been more of a mission-driven person, and mm -hmm. I actually have to credit my mom a lot. Um, I grew up, and giving back was just part of my upbringing. Uh, I'm an only child, but I have a lot of cousins, so I, I wasn't without uh, companionship, if you will. But part of that was always giving back, whether it was going to the mall 
for those of you that remember indoor malls. Yeah. <laughs> good old days. Hanging out at the mall. The good old days. They're like extinct yep. now. Right. Um, but, but back in the day, indoor malls, they used to have, and I, I don't know if they still do this, um, but uh, they used to have these giant Christmas trees and they would have mm -hmm. um, the, the angels on the trees and you could yeah. pick an angel and then buy a gift for a child in need. You could have it gift wrapped right there at the mall. And so like I had these memories, it was like a special day where we would pack up and go to the mall get a, an angel off the tree and it was so exciting when i was old enough to pick an angel myself and then actually uh shop for that child mm -hmm. uh again um dating myself a little bit but back when sears had their big sears wish book catalog it was like a thousand pages of glory in my opinion i yes. would wait for that to come in the mail and can i can i look in it can i circle the things that i'd like to have and my mother would always say you can circle it and you can dream big my darling but that doesn't mean you're going to get everything you circle right. um and so because we always had to make sure we could give back to another child in need another thing um that was big in wichita was the wichita children's home and that was a place where children who didn't have families would go to live so anytime I would get a new toy, we would always donate a toy um, that I was not using or playing with anymore to the Wichita Children's Home so that kids that didn't have parents, that didn't have things, could have some, some, some toys and things to play with. So it's always been part of who I am. It's always been bred into me. Um, again, growing up, my family was uh, the family that if you didn't have something, you didn't have a meal if you didn't have clothing you come to see us you come to see my mom and i or one of my aunts um and there were no strangers there were no strangers especially for sunday dinners there were no strangers only friends and family that came to the to these homes to be fed so it was just part of my dna um and again when i when i graduated from college i had big plans you know i was going to dominate the corporate world but I really found my calling in nonprofit and primarily working with children and was recruited to PetSmart Charities uh, about six years ago. Um, and so my other, my other passion was pets. Uh, I have a lot of passions, but primarily children, uh, pets. I was at Make-A-Wish America for 10 years prior to being recruited over to PetSmart Charities. Um, and then uh, the aged population. Um, so little tidbit, I have my mom that lives with me. She's been with me for about 10 years since she retired. And we also took on my aunt, my mom's youngest sister, who has early onset dementia and Alzheimer's. And so we were her caregivers for about four years. Um, and everybody on the PetSmart campus knows them as the Golden Girls. <laughs> and <laughs> they, they, they are quite the celebrities. Uh, I get asked more often about the Golden Girls and my, my pets than I do about myself, which is totally fine. Um, but they are my hearts and they are my passion. So um, anything that has to do with those segments or those populations, which are often the, the segments or populations that don't have a lot of champions and cheerleaders, I'm that girl. That's my passion. See that dotted line in our podcast artwork? Each dot represents our goals, our unity, and all the people who are with us on the path to end hunger. It's a powerful visual that we use across our brand to showcase the interconnectedness of our work. Born from the creativity at Chapel Roberts, this visual and their other work helps amplify our mission, connecting us with the community.
So, you know, you sit there and you talk about, you know, your mom and your aunt and, and this house and, you know, your pets and, you know, at Feeding Tampa Bay, we're all about providing a meal around the table. And I just want you to paint the picture for me, a meal around the table at your house <laughs> on any given day. Chaos. <laughs> yeah, but that's, the, that's the most fun part is chaos and, and storytelling, right? And, you know, not only just holidays, but, you know, everybody putting something together in the evening yes. or more coffee around the kitchen in the morning. It's what's interesting is um, Sunday dinners were a big thing in my family. Um, and we sat down together. We had dinner together. Um, my mom missed the cooking gene. So usually Sunday dinners were at one of, one of my aunt's houses. Gotcha. And um, so now it's, it's, it's a thing for me. My, my aunt is now in a home. We've had, we had to place her in a home about two years ago. But I always visit her on Sundays if I can, if, unless I'm traveling or something comes up. But typically, my days are always going to be Sundays around her dinner time. It is like home for me. Mm -hmm. And even though she doesn't necessarily remember my name, she knows who I am. She knows my presence. And she tends to look for that, especially around Sundays. And, and we read. Um, my aunt was um, a very creative person. She taught me pretty much all of the nursery songs that I know. And I will not sing one, so don't ask. Um, <laughs> but she pretty much was the reason why I know them all. And uh, singing was, was very important to her. And it's a way that I still connect with her. Um, through her Alzheimer's and dementia, it's it's a way that I can sometimes get her to sing with me. Um, Sound of Music is one of her favorites. And so there's something about even just sharing a meal with her, even though necessarily we're not at a, a, a table, um, right. and I'm not necessarily eating, but helping her to eat, it still brings that level of connectivity to her and it's just it's just something that it's nostalgia for me because growing up you talk about storytelling I do come up from a family of, of quite adequate storytellers and um, at my mother's oldest sister's house um, very musical um, there were a lot of instruments at that house and so one of the fondest memories I have about having dinners, Sunday dinners at that house, is you kind of had to sing for your supper. And so oh, whether that great. was you sang a vocal arrangement, because they had every instrument known to man, uh, drum kit, piano, mics, um, guitars, um, the whole nine yards. Um, I think there was a trumpet and a flute and a recorder back there somewhere. Um, so either you had to you had to put on some sort of production, whether it was acting, interpretive dance, reading poetry, rapping, any kind of dance, wow. um, joke telling. And it got to the point where a couple of my friends knew about this and they would call and say, whose aunt are you having Sunday dinner at? Is it Aunt Pam's house? Okay, can we come? Okay. Oh, I'm like, you can fun. come, but you just have to be prepared right. to perform right. because you got to sing right. for your supper. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> it's dinner and a show, but it's like show put on by the people at dinner. By the people who were eating. Yeah. You had to work. Right. That's great. What a beautiful transition, though, that building all of those memories um, and the love that was built during those times um, that she became a part of your home and you make that time for her, you know, in her lifetime right now. What a, what a beautiful family that you have. Thank um, you. And it shows a lot about um, 
your influences and who you are and how you were raised. Uh, and that that's that's just wonderful. And it moves into what you do for a living and how you help people. So we know that you're with PetSmart Charities and something, you know, what we need to start off with and something that I learned from you right away is when you go to that checkout and they ask you, when you go to PetSmart, you buy your supplies or your goldfish or whatever that you need for any type of pet that you have where you can find there and they ask you to donate that dollar, right? Everyone wonders where that dollar goes if they give it. Most people give it too. Yes. Where does that dollar go? It comes to 100% comes to PetSmart Charities, and that has in turn made us one of the largest funders of animal welfare in North America. And so since we started in 1994, so 20 plus years now, we've been doing this. We've been granting dollars out into communities near and far. We um, have PetSmart Charities in the U.S., and we also have PetSmart Charities of Canada. So we uh, funnel funding where PetSmart stores are. So our early inception began at PetSmart because people were bringing in stray dogs and cats that they would find on the streets and asking, hey, can, can you help? Can you either help provide food for this pet? Can you help us find a place to uh, rehome this pet? And so PetSmart Charities was incorporated out of that, out of the opportunity to help pets find homes within their communities. And so with that, the majority of PetSmart stores have what's called everyday adoption centers or seven day cat centers. And the seven day cat centers obviously house cats and the everyday adoption centers house dogs. And so that's, that space is actually donated to PetSmart charities. And then we work with over 2,500 animal welfare organizations to host adoption events and allow them to feature the pets that they have that are readily available for adoption within the stores. And so it's a great way for people to come in, find a pet, allow a pet to get to their, their forever loving home um, and do it in a safe space. So they don't have to worry about going into someone else's home um, or um, someone coming to their home. They can do it in a safe space. It's in a retail location through a vetted organization because they have to be vetted by PetSmart Charities before we allow them to become an adoption partner. Three or four years ago, we made a little bit of a shift because we saw that the numbers of pets that were available for adoption was starting to decrease that's a good thing. That means that we've done our jobs. In fact, we just celebrated our 10 millionth adoption um, overall since the inception of PetSmart Charities, which is huge, that's a huge. But we now know that we had to start looking at sort of the other side of the leash, if you will. Once pets have found their forever homes, how do we create sustainable models for the pet to stay in their homes? Especially if a family is, is facing a, a crisis, like losing a job, like, having a job, but still not quite being able to make ends meet, working poor is like uh, they classify it. Um, or is, is there a critical situation as it relates to a medical emergency? Um, all of those pieces. How do we help keep people connected? How do we support pets and people? And so that's kind of how this particular grant category was formed in that we have our grant category of connecting people and pets, which is more focused on the adoptions and then supporting pets and people, which encompasses things like pet food insecurity. I think what really shined the spotlight on it is the pandemic. And so right. 
we have always, since I joined the organization six years ago, we've always had a method of donating food. It was primarily through um, an organization that supports animal welfare organizations, but we had done some pet food donations locally here in Phoenix as well. Um, there is a, a food bank called the Desert Mission Food Bank. It's a very small food bank, but boy, they were mighty. And so oftentimes they would take food that we had available for donation and distribute it out to the community. It was in 2017 when PetSmart was celebrating an anniversary that they decided to embark upon a campaign called the Buy a Bag, Give a Meal program. And during that time, if you purchased a bag of food, any brand in the store, it triggered the donation of a meal to a pet in need. The initial estimate was um, there was going to be something like 28 million pounds of food that was going to be available for donation. Well, from a PetSmart Charities perspective, we knew that all of that food wasn't going to be able to go or flow through animal welfare organizations. So the idea was, since we were working with um, a food bank already, I said to our president at the time, why don't we look at Feeding America? If, if people are experiencing food insecurity, I would make an assumption that pets are also having some pet food insecurities. Um, and, and how do we make sure that pets are also being fed if a family is in need of food and they're not having to make the choice of feeding themselves or feeding their pet or exactly. giving their human food to their pet, which could potentially be dangerous if they don't know um, the, the parameters by which a pet should, should or could be given human food. Um, and that's kind of when we started the conversations at a more national level with Feeding America about taking these food donations. And um, they said, yes, when can we start? <laughs> yeah, pet food, um, dogs and cats is the number one requested item from every person <laughs> across our region. And, you know, of course, all of our Feeding America partners, because you know, we don't want people to make difficult choices and everyone, you know, has that, um, you know, not everyone has a pet, right? but the majority of those that we serve have some type of pet that they take care of and really takes care of them, especially during a time like the pandemic. Yeah. So tell us about, you know, you go through, we, we call FANU, which is Feeding America, Feeding America Network. So for those who are listening to us for the, for the first time or don't know, we're over 200 food banks, Feeding Tampa Bay being one of them. We all network together. And uh, Pet Smart Charities goes in and you guys will have all these wonderful donations, this wonderful grant, this wonderful opportunity, and go from there. So during pandemic, um, again, we took a stronger look at pet food insecurity. We knew that the, the, the numbers back then in, in 2021 was that about 42 million people would be facing food insecurity because of the pandemic. We also know that at least 50% of those people are pet owners and make $55,000 or less, which is not enough to necessarily encompass feeding a family, let alone a family with pets. And so in 20, at the end of 2020, we made a commitment to Feeding America to start to flow product through in 2021. We made a $10 million commitment and that was just an in-kind donated product. But we also took a step 
I took it a step higher and also um, wanted to cover the shipping costs. We wanted no cost to be a burden at Feeding America or its local affiliates for getting that food out the door to people, to getting it into the hands of those who had were facing pet food insecurity. So we covered that cost as well, the shipping costs, which during a pandemic, I can tell you was it was a hefty price tag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know that for sure. <laughs> With what, 68 trucks that we have yeah. that go throughout 10 counties. Um, we know that staggering cost every month uh, to get the food out and the pet food. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, and so, you know, it's it, it wouldn't have been without the help of our donors to make that yeah. happen. So we have to thank the people who saw that there was a need and who helped to donate to PetSmart Charity so that we can in turn um, support this program that we have with Feeding America. And then um, through that, be able to help um, feed both people and pets um, in communities near and far um, and make sure that pets are able to stay a part of the family and not have to be relinquished because they don't have adequate food. Because we believe that um, pets aren't a luxury, but they are a necessary item, especially when we're talking about the creation of healthy communities and healthy families. Not to say if you don't have a pet, you're not healthy, but there are statistics and studies that show that having a pet reduces stress, it abolishes loneliness, it oftentimes, especially for the age population, gives them a reason and a purpose to mm-hmm. want to get the proper medical care that they need so that they can be there for their pets. And so um, with that, we wanted to make sure that we could do our part to, to make sure we were keeping families whole. So updating, fast forwarding to our current timeline, what's on the horizon? You know, we got through the pandemic, We've met, we've shared tons of wonderful stories on social. You've shared with partners. I've met your team. They've come out to the food bank and we've done some story profiles and had a lot of fun together sharing our work, which we've done wonderful things. Um, the impact that PetSmart Charities and when I tell you the truckloads that have come in, not only are we able to distribute ourselves through our programs and services, but we partner with the Humane Society of Tampa Bay um, that pick up um, every Thursday four pallets of food. That's through Pet Smart Charities and other donors mm-hmm. to make sure that people don't have to make difficult choices and can give their um, animals adequate nutrition. Um, you know, that's made possible because of partnerships like this. And so, what's in the future? What's coming up? So, exciting news is. Um, we are launching a, what we call a branded bag. So it will have PetSmart Charities branding on it. We've made another $7.9 million commitment for 2022 to Feeding America. We've already started distributions. We had a distribution in June where about 93 trucks went out. Um, we are wrapping up our May distribution where about 86 trucks went out. We've got another distribution coming up in the summer and one in the fall. So we're very excited about that commitment. And I think you hit on a good uh, point with the partnerships. And so we know that from a PetSmart Charities perspective or any one entity, organization or corporation, 
one of us can't do it all, but collectively we can make a bigger impact and a much stronger footprint, especially in ending pet food insecurity, just as much as you all are wanting to end human food insecurity. And so this is a call and an invite to all pet food manufacturers to join us in helping to continue to flow fruit, food through communities across the U.S. because there is such a great need. And our resources will only go so far, but we are going to stand up and do our part to help. But mm -hmm. the, the tide rises all boats. So again, it's an invitation for any pet food manufacturer out there to join in, in this if they don't know how to do it. By all means, please give me a call. I will happily share with with how to make this a, a pretty turnkey uh, program and partnership with getting food into the hands of those who are pet food insecure. Well, we're heading. This podcast is heading us and leading us right into Pet Appreciation Week. It's a perfect time to have you on the show. We'll make sure we have your uh, contact information, or anyone can reach out directly to you ever I uh, to make sure. But you know, there's. Um, what a great week to celebrate our pets and be appreciative of the love and and trust that they give us. And that trust is to take proper care of them. And thank you, Melissa, for helping make that possible in the Tampa Bay area um, through Feeding Tampa Bay, Feeding America, and Humane Society of Tampa Bay, who uh, most often we let them do what they do best. Um, and uh We'll be talking to you again this summer, we know, because we'll have that new branded bag coming out. So we'll have you back on the show, even briefly, to talk about it. And hopefully maybe a listener will be out there and want to align with you and come on and help you out as well. But remember, you guys, if you go to PetSmart, go ahead and donate that dollar because you're helping put food on the table or in the bowl at Feeding Tampa Bay. Thank you so much, guys. And we'll be back with another Thank show you. next time. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.